Today, Kelly and I want to talk about the powerful difference a deep-souled woman of prayer makes. A woman, a mother, a wife, a sister, a grandma, a friend who has profoundly impacted my life or your life because of her love for God and love for us. I don't know about you, but I find Mother's Day rather complicated for a lot of different reasons, uh, and some of you might as well. On the surface, it looks like a Hallmark holiday or Kodak moment, and those are incredible things. And there's a lot of ooey-gooey sentiment that follows Mother's Day. But I have to tell you, I've seen and I have felt some complicated emotions, and maybe some of you as well. We can feel blessed and at the same time have a profound aching deep within our souls. We are feeling ranges of emotions, and I would like to just say, welcome to a complicated Mother's Day. Okay? What are our desires that lie at the core of who we are? Or what are the things that we could have a conversation about? And we could just uh, kind of tease out what it is at the center of who we are. What is it that we're kind of going after? I think there are a couple of powerful core desires that all of us share. Uh, I think the Maybe the number one is a desire to be loved and to be loved, to love and be loved. Uh, there's a powerful desire to belong and be a part of something. I think there is all, you know, something in all of us that we want to, our time here on earth to mean something, that we haven't wasted our time, that it hasn't been just uh, taking up space, breathe a little air, live a little while, and then go on our way. Now, I think we want to feel like our life really matters. And I think we want people to know that we have a legacy about ourselves. Many of us have been uh, and continue to be impacted by women with deep souls. Would you agree with that? Women that, have, that love God and are really exactly what Rachel said to us. Women who are deep inside and are tenacious warriors, prayer warriors on our behalf. Indeed. The soul is eternal. The soul can grow to a limitless capacity. You and I can never get to a place where we say, you know what, this is it. My soul is deep and it's good and it's wonderful and it's going to be that way. You and I can reach, we can never reach the pinnacle of just growing our soul as is. Then the thing that I love the most about turning the inside, the core of who we are, is to pursue and grow a deeper soul. There's not a person here created that cannot grow a deep soul. But here's the reality. I can grow a deep soul. I can grow a soul that has breadth and depth and width to it, and so can you. So it really doesn't matter your gender, your race, your background. You could be poor. You could be in the gutter. You could be living up on top. You can have all the perks in life. And you can grow a deep soul. Or you have come from a lot or not at all. We have the capacity to grow a deep soul. Amen. What does Jesus say about that? Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. Uh, this is what a deep soul looks like. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. He said, if you want to be great, if you want to have a great soul, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the, the thing is, 
every single one of us can do that, can choose to do that. That's within our reach. That's within our grasp. You can learn to love God with everything you are, your soul, your heart, your mind. And perhaps that's the greatest legacy that we can leave, to know that at the end of our day, said about us is not a list of 50 achievements uh, that will be surpassed by somebody else and are just temporary. Maybe the best thing anybody could say about us after we pass from this life, the best legacy that we can leave is this. She loved the Lord with all of her soul and with all of her might. And the best thing that I can say about you today is that he you have loved the Lord with all of your soul, with all of your might, with the very fabric of your being that you love God with all of your soul. So how do we grow this deep soul? Especially there's a focus on women today. How do we grow that? Uh, our main point, there's kind of a bookends here. We got a main point at the beginning and the end and then three things right in the middle uh, in between. And we have some added voices that you're going to hear as well. So spiritual growth is the process in which God and I, each of us, have a part. We each have a part. That's your fill-in, the first fill-in on your outline. If you haven't pulled it out yet, please do that. Uh, you'll be able to look at this scripture we have together. And it's a process that God and I are in together. Uh, we each have a part in this growth process. And the starting point in a growing a great soul, responding to God's invitation to each of us, starting a relationship with him. So we have God's part, and then we have our part. So number one, God's part is he invites. In my part, I respond. So in your outline, it says God's part, he invites. Uh, my part, I respond. I choose to respond to the invitation from the Lord. Ephesians 1.4 says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. See, this passage is like a massive theological truth. Before he even formed the world, before the oceans and mountains and animals and insects, the universe, before God thought of all of that, his heart was on you. That is a wow, right? It wasn't like his plan B. It wasn't an afterthought. The very first thought God had was, how can I bring my people back in relationship with me? So you and I have always been on his mind, the object of his love. The Bible talks about this all throughout scripture, about how nature and creation around us points to the fact that there is a living God. I mean, you can't help but see the wonder, right? We can't even take credit for our knowledge of God. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God and the skies display his craftsmanship. So it's not like we just stumbled upon God and found him because he just happened to be there. God was already there, knew about you, and he did all the prep work. He displayed his glory and majesty all around us. He placed eternity in the hearts of men and women. I mean, the Bible says he actually placed eternity inside our hearts, the desire to look for something beyond ourselves. So there's this vacancy in our hearts that's meant to be filled by God alone. But we can easily, easily 
fill it with other things. You and I know that, don't we? We, uh, we fill it with even thinking with like entertainment and thrills and relationships and food and sex and shopping and education and recreation. There are good things, but we end up satisfying ourselves or trying to satisfy ourselves with things that are temporary. But the Bible even says that they will satisfy for only a time. That's why we seek them. But our hearts know there has to be more than this. So what's the remedy, remedy to this ache in our hearts? It's to respond. Um, on our outline, there's a passage, and it says in James uh, chapter 1, verse 21, um, humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has power to save your souls. The verse says humbly accept this truth. There's no pride in receiving Christ. There's nothing that you or I can do to earn this, it says. The living God sacrificed his son on our behalf. There's nothing we can do. There's no kind of living that would ever make us worthy. Ephesians 2, um, 8 verses, verse 8 through 9, it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you cannot take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. It's humbly admitting that I can't do this on my own. I can't keep running back to the things that were hurting me. I just can't stop. I can't live unselfishly. I just can't be good enough or kind enough. I can't make the right choices all the time. I just can't do it. Therefore, I need a savior. And this amazing, out of the world good news is that even though we're not good enough, Jesus is good enough if we're willing to make him Lord. Amen. Romans chapter, nine, verse, chapter 10 verse 9 says, if we openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe within our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you haven't responded to God's invitation to come close to know him and to start a relationship, start today. Don't wait. Do it today. Don't wait any longer and come to Jesus. I'd like to invite uh, a special friend of mine to come. Uh, she's a, a, a very special woman of faith. Her name is Mary Hudson. And we've had this opportunity uh, lately just to kind of talk and, and talk about what's going on in her life. And she experienced something this past week with her son. Mary, could you uh, share with us this morning uh, what this invitation was like for Charlie? And as his mama, how did you experience that and what was going on in your heart? Sure. Um, so like most of us, we've been quarantining for the last year. And we had this little quarantine baby. She's, this is Emma. Who is this? Emma. This is Emma, Emma. Elizabeth. We, she was born in November. And um, so we've been watching church in our living room on TV. And um, it was, it's hard sometimes to watch it just from your living room and really get something out of it. You know, it's, it's a challenge. And um, I really missed church. I missed being here with everybody, and I just missed the feeling of being here. So, um, so I'm a teacher, so I decided, um, how can I make this really the best, you know, in-home experience possible? And I wanted to bring her up here because I think this is a really good, like, this is what motherhood is like. It's like, you look nice, and she's eating your hair at the same time. Um, <laughs> so, um, so Charlie, my son, is 10. We were watching church uh, on TV, and um, pastor was preaching about what, Callie was just reading about the, you know, if you just accept Jesus in your heart. And he said, Pastor posed this question, you know, if you died today and went to heaven, um, what would you say to Jesus to say that you deserve to be there? And I paused it, which is the new kind of 
fun perk of watching, you know, yeah. church from home. And I'm like, Charlie, what do you think? I just wondered if he knew the answer to that. I'm like, what do you think he would say? And he said, well, I think I'd probably say, you know, I was trying to be a really good person and did all these good deeds and blah, blah, blah. And so we pushed play and pastor said, if your answer was that you were going to talk about all the good things you did, that is not the right answer. <laughs> that is not the password. And so then they, you know, he talked about that none of us are perfect and, you know, you really just need to understand that Jesus died for us and um, accept it in your heart and say it with your lips and then live the rest of your life trying to be worthy of that gift. And so then I paused it again and we talked about it. I said, does that make sense? And he said, yeah, I think so. And, um, and then the, you know, the service went on and then at the end they said, um, if you want to say this prayer, you know, you can and, and you will be, you know, you're, you're good to go for heaven and then you just have to live the rest of your life trying to be worthy of that even though you're not going to be perfect. And I paused it again and I think sometimes when you're around crowds of people you have kind of a pressure to say like I stand or I don't, you know, and it was just him and I in the living room and I was like, you don't have to say it if you're not ready, but if you want to, you know, we can say this prayer together. And he's like, I think I am. I think I'm ready. So he stood up and we like held hands and he said the prayer and it just made me so happy. And also just an unexpected thing in quarantine that you think everything, yeah. you know, we would never have been able to have that moment, I think, because he would have been in, in kid zone. And um, I think the thing about being a mom is those beautiful moments happen in just regular little average days. Okay. The best moments happen on those yeah. days. Um, and so I was just so happy that we had that experience. And thank you for everything you guys have done with the, have, having us watch it from home. I mean, that was really great. So, yeah. Well, praise awesome. God. Oh, praise yeah. God. That is what happens with a mama whose deep soul is love for her children and those in her life. So once we have responded to God and his invitation to us, the next part of the process is in how does our soul grow? We continue to seek him. So now we're looking at part two. And God's part is he is found. I seek him. So on your outline, part one, God, he is found. And the next part is that when he's found, that we, he is found by us seeking him. So seeking means to pursue after, to inquire about or to make to ask questions of to look for it's like an active pursuit it's a it's not passive it's not an automatic thing you can't just sit on your couch and call yourself a seeker to seek means you got to look for it to go after it and it's easy if you've been walking with the lord for any length of time to sort of settle into this ho-hum relationship go through the motions maybe you're going to church but if you're not actively and personally pursuing the living God, you can easily drift, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. All of us have the exact same thing. We can be drifters. It's our natural bent. We can't help but drift from the things of God. We have to consistently choose to seek him. And that's what the psalmist said on your outline. Psalm 27, 8 says, my heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. So we're all seeking something, all of us, whether it's conscious or not, we're all seeking something. So the question is, am I seeking approval through social media? Or do you live in the 21st century? We're, we're, I mean, all of its values 
Are we seeking approval? Are we seeking popularity? Are we seeking to make a name for ourselves? Are we seeking perfect education or a perfect spouse or perfect children? Uh, good luck. Um, the <laughs> perfect clothes or even the perfect body. So what are we seeking that is keeping us uh, distant from having that time with the Lord? It's not that these things are bad in and of itself. It's just that it could be a trap if we allow it to be. So friends, don't settle for bland, vanilla, unless you like that, status quo life. Go deep. And Jeremiah 29, 13 through 14 says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. This was the Lord's calling to a rebellious Israel. They were rebellious. And, they, and he said to him, come and find me. He wasn't talking to the special religious groups of people. He was talking to the rebellious kids. Amen, I'm one of them sometimes. Saying, seek me with all of your heart. I promise you will find me. You will find me, he says. So how you and the Lord learn to connect together is really between you and him. But I can tell you one thing. The fast track to growing a deeper soul, the, to the best of your ability, is to find time alone with Christ. Unhurried, in the word of God. Those, those three things, alone, unhurried, word of God. So don't, don't walk away from here today thinking, oh, another message on being taking time with God. Uh, I just want you to know that, um, you know, it's not, it's not a law. It's a relationship. Amen. It's more like a friendship. You being invited into something that's different, a different way of doing life. I mean, think about it in relationship principles. If, if, if I want to know my wife intimately and be known by her, we can't always do the drive-by. How you doing? Hope it's going okay. Good. You're a rock star. Great. See you later. <laughs> no, we need, we need time. We need to be face-to-face, -to -face, talking together, undistracted, unhurried, listening to each other's heart. That's the only way our marriage is going to grow. And it's the same with our relationship with Jesus. If you want to grow with him, you have to find that time alone, the unhurried time, and be in the word of God. If you want to go deep, you have to take that time, the time with and love for Jesus. I want to invite another friend of mine. Her name is Charlotte Cheney. Um, she is the most kindest, sweetest woman that I've ever known. Charlotte, it's evident that you've created and that you've developed that time with Jesus. Um, talk about that time that you share with, with him, and more importantly, what is it like in your daily life, your coming and your going life? To tell you how, is it okay? To tell you how I Let me see if it's on. Sorry. Check, check. It's on. It's on. Go ahead. <laughs> to tell you how my time is with the Lord now, I need to tell you how I used to to try to mm -hmm. to work my plan. Uh, a long time ago, I would try to make deals with the Lord. Mm -hmm. If you do this for me, God, I'm going to go to church more often. I don't think they can hear you. Hold it real close. Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Good. Early on in my work, my path with God, I, would, I thought that it was okay just to make deals with him. So I would say, Lord, I have a problem, and if you do this for me, 
I'll start going to church more often. I'll read my Bible more often. I'll be a better person. And that really didn't work. So one day I was driving down the street and I started thinking about all that he does for me without me asking. And so my prayer time now is thanking him for everything he gives me without question. From the oxygen I breathe to the ground that I walk on, my family, my life, my church, my pastor, all of you great people. And that's certainly working much better. He is uh, blessing me through my children, my life, my faith is getting stronger because I've accepted the fact that he's in charge of my daily uh, walk. Um, years ago, my life wasn't all that super great. I had lots of issues and I was uh, sitting at home one morning having coffee, just me, and I started feeling sorry for myself. So I started talking to the Lord. And I asked him to take away all the grief, all the sorrow, all the uh, stress from years ago. And then I asked him, uh, the pain in my back, my shoulders, all that, to take that away too. Not knowing how that would work, I uh, got up for my second cup of coffee. My back quit hurting. My shoulder no longer hurt. And all that that's been up there for so long, it's gone. Praise God. So this is my path, baby steps. Pray for me. I'm really enjoying the path that I'm on right now. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Charlotte. When awesome. You, when you find me, when you seek me, you will find me. That's amazing. Amen. Sorry. Part number three, God's part, our part. God's part is he teaches. In my part, I learn. When Jesus was on earth, he spent three years in a very close relationship with 12 disciples. They were together everywhere. They traveled. They ate together. They were on boats together. They were in the desert together. They, uh, they were present for his miracles. Uh, they were present at his crucifixion. And they were present when he taught them in groups, when, they, when he taught them in small groups or when he taught them when there were thousands of people watching and listening. So every question that they had brought to him, he had an answer. He had wisdom. He had guidance for him. They came to depend on him and his wisdom for making the decisions of their life, the things that they needed. Then after the crucifixion, before his resurrection, he started telling them things like, I'm not going to be here much longer. I'm going back to my father. And they began to panic, thinking, what are they going to do now? We're used to you telling us what to do. We're used to having your words of wisdom that we rely on. What are we going to do? And Jesus' answer to them was, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. 
earlier in John 14, 26. Uh, he says, but the counselor, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. And he'll remind you of everything that I've said to you. So Jesus said, yes, I will not physically be here anymore, but I'm sending my spirit. I'm sending the spirit of God. And he's actually going to live inside of you where he's residing and dwelling. And he's going to remind you of the things that I've been sharing with you throughout all these years and these intimate times together. So fast forward to us, because we do not have Jesus here physically walking among us on earth in our lifetime, how do we find the answers? How does he grow us to have a deepening soul? There's so many decisions in our life and on the course and on the spectrum of our lives. What college should I go to? Who should I marry? Should I even get married? Should we have kids now? Should we wait? Should I take this job? Shall I go after that career? Is it time to move? And how can we make this decision to do this or that? Is it the time and the space in which God wants to grow something new in me? We have many questions in our lives. And we need to have a reliable resource of wisdom and reliable resource that will provide us those answers to those questions. The answer has been provided for us. It is God's word. And it's the Holy Spirit that comes and lives inside of us when we receive Jesus Christ not only as our Lord, but also our Savior. The Holy Spirit comes and becomes the answer to us. So his part is to teach me. He will do it. It's not even a question. He's already teaching us. But then our part is to learn, to actually learn. And that sounds like such a simple thing. But God teaches, I learn. It might seem like that's the right thing so easy on the surface. But I don't know about you, but I sometimes get stuck in the learning process. It's not always as easy as it sounds. Uh, look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 to 14. That writer says, there is much more we would like to say about this. So God and through the writer is saying, there's a lot more I want to say. And he says, it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. It's kind of a little rude, isn't it? Huh. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again about the basic things of God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who have trained themselves to recognize the difference between right and wrong and then do what is right. So the writer of Hebrews there really kind of gets in our faces and says, um, you know, he's basically saying, why are you still taking a bottle instead of chewing down the steak that I have for you? He says, you've been followers of Jesus for long enough that I expect you not just to drink milk, but to take the solid food. You know, God's word uh, is the meat. Sometimes that can be tough for us. So why are we still babies? What he's saying is, I'm wanting you to have a deeper soul. So he says, listen, the way to move from deep being a baby who just needs a bottle to an adult, a mature believer who can handle the word of God, who understands how life works is by constant use, training yourself to distinguish good from evil. You know, to me, there's a lot of hope in that because it says that these spiritual truths 
that we're talking about will grow deeper, deeper inside of us. And that we don't have to be some kind of a, a group of, a special group of people that have somehow earned God's favor. No, every single one of us can learn the truths that God wants to teach us. But we have to make a decision and actively participate to pursuing that learning. I have decided. Okay, so you're here and you hear these spiritual truths and you don't do anything about them. You don't actually take them into practice on your daily life. You are going to remain a little baby sucking on that bottle. But if you want to be a person who knows what the word of God says, who wants to hear God's answers, you will decide when you hear spiritual truths week after week after week that you're gonna actually put it into practice. Do you want to be a person with a great soul? You have to make the decision that you're going to need to learn things and God's desire is to teach you. Uh, I'd like to invite uh, my last friend this morning and share a little bit of what the Lord is teaching her. Her name's Jessica Wolf. Jessica, she's full of energy and spunk, and she's got a great personality. I've been spending some time talking to Jessica, and uh, she's really learning a lot, really deepening her soul. And Lord, uh, Jessica, I, I have a question for you. What is God specifically teaching you in this season of your life, and how have you depended upon his presence and promises for your life? So I'm a talker, so I wrote it down so it would be short. <laughs> as I could talk about what God is doing in my life the rest of the sermon. It is my prayer that my story might connect with some of you and bring you hope today. Maybe my season of life is even similar to yours. Life has taken me down an unexpected path. Maybe it has for you too. The future is currently unclear and have, um, I have so many unanswered questions. But the biggest question that we ask, right, is why? Why is this happening? When life switched gears for me, immediately, I go to God. Leaning on him because I wanted answers. Why is this happening, God? Show me why. But instead, God provided me with a challenge. That's where he's teaching me. In the word, it kept coming back to me. Be still and know that I am God. Just stop, Jessica. Stop and slow down. Stop taking matters into your own hands and trust me. I keep my promises. Amen. Promises like Matthew 19, 26. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Or Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid, Jessica. Do not be discouraged. So I'm being still. And in the quiet, still moments spent with God, you guys, changes everything. My circumstances no longer overwhelm me because his love comes and overwhelms me. The storms no longer fill my mind because my savior restores my soul. My questions, they're not answered, but God gives me with his peace that passes understanding. 
and I may feel insecure and rejected, but Jesus loves me. This I know. Amen. So I will gladly be still and know, know that he is God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jessica. If you're looking to become a person with a deep soul, a great soul, you're going to have to choose to send down deep roots with God. God gets the glory. God uses you when you have a deep soul. Surrender to him. Grow as a warrior for Christ as you stand up for him and for those that you love in your life. There are so few guarantees in life, right? But there are a few things that we can say for sure is going to happen. But I can tell you that the guarantee that God offers to us in this process of growing, it's the most helpful piece of this whole message. And it's this, God will finish what he has started. Here's the guarantee. God's, God's guarantee. guarantee. God, God will, will finish, finish what he has started. started. God will finish what he has started. In Philippians, it says, I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began the good work in you will continue into the day, Jesus Christ, up to the time of his return, develop that good work and perfecting it, bring it to full completion in you. God who began the good work in you, he will complete it. He planted his son, he planted his spirit, and he planted his work in your heart and will complete that process. I feel that there is so much great potential in this room Standing here today, I never thought I would have this opportunity to say and to hear the exact same words that you've heard today. Seek him, listen to what the Spirit is telling you, and learn from God. The why may not ever be answered. You will find that out on your journey. I know that I certainly have. As we end today, uh, we're going to close with an incredibly moving video. It's called talking to Jesus. I sent it this week to my mother and my sister along with flowers for Mother's Day. It will tear you up and it will tear you up. Uh, most of the time we would just learn this song and then we would sing it live. But there's some unexpected things in this video. There's a young man named Brandon singing this song. There's at least four generations that are mentioned in this song. There are a lot of diverse people in this setting singing this song there are lyrics on your outline so you can if you want to see those there if you're not familiar with this song but i didn't care I, I showed it to some people yesterday and the, one of the girls in my family she said oh i wish i could be in that crowd right there and i thought that's how you feel about this song so be in the crowd uh be vocal uh there's a little kind of addicting tune in there says what a friend we have in Jesus uh, you might even just sing it along let's watch together talking to Jesus and happy Mother's Day grandma used to pray out loud by in bed every night it sounded like mumbling Like she was out of her mind She said, boy, this kind of praying Is what saved my life 
You ought to try it sometime And now I know she was right She was talking to Jesus She was talking to Jesus And she'd been talking to Jesus For all of her Mama used to drag me to church Sunday mornings and Wednesday night Khaki pants and a polo shirt Boy, I put up a fight She said, son, one day you'll thank me For having God in your life And yeah, I know she was right yeah, my mama was right Cause now I'm talking to Jesus She got me talking to Jesus She got me talking to Jesus Yeah, my mama was right Cause now I'm talking to Jesus Yeah, I love talking to Jesus And I'll be talking to Jesus the rest of my life what a friend we have in Jesus what a friend we have in Jesus don't you know what a friend we have in Jesus oh, oh what a friend we have what a friend we have in Jesus what a friend we have in Jesus what a friend we I've got three of my own now Trying to raise them upright My oldest is 15 And I remember what that was like Trying to deal with the trauma Trying to figure out the questions in life And I've been looking for a way to show him how to make it all right Then he walked in my room While I was saying my prayers the other night He said, I'll come back later I can tell you got a lot on your mind I said, it's not an interruption You couldn't have picked a better time I was just talking to Jesus Come over and give it a try We started talking to Jesus
there's no bad time to start. It don't have to sound pretty. Just tell them what's on your heart. Because it's not a religion. Because no. it's more like a friendship. So just talk to your father like you are his kid. Start talking to Jesus. Just start talking to Jesus. Cause you can talk to Jesus. Oh, whenever you like. Just start talking to Jesus. Just start talking to Jesus. Just keep talking to Jesus. The rest of your to him. Jesus, to the mamas in this room, to the women that are still praying for that child, to the dads in this room, for the men that are still praying for that child, to the youngest and to the oldest, Lord, we thank you for your friendship. We thank you for being the Lord of our life. We thank you for being our Savior. Lord, we are a people of great faith that will seek you and are desiring to learn all the spiritual truths, not just today, but any time we talk to you. Lord, we thank you for our life. We thank you for the continuation of our life, Lord. We thank you that we can talk to you and you can speak back to us through your Holy Spirit and through your word. Lord, we thank you for today. It is a beautiful day, yet it's raining. We know what rain provides, growth. And Lord, we are, we are desiring a deeper, a deeper growth in our life. Deepen our souls. Deepen our relationships. Lord, we love you. Thank you for being a friend. We give all this to you in your glorious, powerful name, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. <laughs>